And we are live with our 215th episode of Absolute AppSec. I'm Ken Johnson at CK Tricky on Twitter. Joined by my, or is it Twitter? Is it X now? X? Whatever. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> X formerly my... known as Twitter. <laughs> X formerly known. Yeah. The artist formerly known as Twitter. X. Um, or maybe it's just a symbol. Joined by my co-host, Seth Law at Seth Law. On X slash Twitter <laughs> slash we're not really sure. Uh, Seth, say say hi. <laughs> wow, you know this is just like throwing off our script on a daily basis. I don't know how we're going to handle it moving forward. Welcome right. to another episode. Um, super excited to be back. Uh, Ken and I were out last week for DefCon and training and all the things related to that. Um, this episode, as usual, is sponsored by Redpoint Security. Thanks to Redpoint. Redpoint specializes in code security for coders, bolstered by years of experience testing web and mobile applications, conducting secure code reviews against all types of applications, including AI and Web3 apps. It also offers trainings to help ground your team in better security practices across the development lifecycle. So check out redpointsecurity.com for more information and put your company on a path to better security. As far as other items, thanks to Redpoint, as always, um, we will be, we just got notified this morning, actually, right? I'm not sure if Ken even, we haven't even talked about it yet, right? But we will be doing practical secure code review at Texas Cyber Summit at the end of September. Um, we haven't done um, kind of those open trainings like further east, so I'm excited. Austin, I don't think we've ever taught in Austin unless I'm off, Ken. No, but this is awesome to hear. I yeah, cool. Like yeah, I'm actually finding this out. So cool. That's I mean, <laughs> yeah. we had talked about it whether whether to to do it or not. But uh, cool. That's awesome yeah. to hear. That's the uh, 25th and 26th September next month. Yeah, I think the trainings are 25th, 26th. I I just posted the link in the YouTube chat. Um, yep, September 25th, 26th. So we'll be in Austin at the Marriott, apparently, um, and we'll be running the course as usual. Uh, one of the things that we did put in for, and I, I don't think it's posted yet, but they're going to accept it, is um, the walk, like an uh, open source walkthrough. We're going to do a two-hour workshop block as well associated with the Cyber Summit. Um, I'll probably run that because, uh, you know, I make Ken run the walkthrough during the session, um, but we're going to pull up up an open source app and just go at it like we would in the course but so we won't do a full like uh introduction to the framework or the methodology that we use but uh more like what we've done as after dark episodes right so ken and i'll put that together and um run just a couple hour workshop of pulling a bar to code base so oh, so texas cyber summit's not two-day course it's two hours no no there's the there's the two-day pre-training course and then I'm also going to run a workshop for two hours during the oh. summit. Yeah. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Okay. That. All right. Cool. I'm glad I asked because I was actually a little confused on that too. Okay, yep. cool. Yep. So for those that, you know, I, I don't know if they can't make the trainings or whatever, they can get a taste of it during the workshop of what it is, what it looks like. I mean, you won't get the same practice in a workshop. Obviously, it's only a couple hours, but it will be, a, a you know, it'll be very similar to watching one of the After Dark episodes and we'll um you know and maybe there'll be shots involved and you know swear words i don't know where it's not recorded so um 
yeah, outside of that, we were at DEF CON last week. Um, there is also the opportunity up in uh, Seattle, November 1st and 2nd, I want to say, for the other DEF CON trainings. Yeah. Yep, November 1st and yeah, 2nd. Yeah, like something like that, yeah. Yeah. Um, so there's a couple of different um, you know, training courses on the, on the calendar for us, right? Um, so, yeah, if you're interested, jump on in. Let us know. Uh, you know, I've... I've been getting more and more interest in people that hit me up on LinkedIn and other things. So I think we'll start doing some sort of a, um, I don't know, a mailing list or something like that where we can notify people that maybe aren't watching the podcast when the different opportunities pop up. Uh, just thoughts that I'm having. So. Yeah. Outside well, of that. I did yeah. want to <clears throat> go, go ahead. ahead. No. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's about all that I've I was going to mention kind of like our, our happy hour, what yeah. kind of went down. I did also want to like, because dry run security, my company plugged it. And because we're getting to the stage where we can start having people use our product more widely, I did want to pitch dry run real quick. They, they did sponsor, co-sponsor with Redpoint, the yeah. uh, happy hour. So I did want to talk a little bit about that. Um, as time goes on, like not to, not that obviously this podcast is a pitch for it, but I think it's some interesting concepts that are, are going to kind of change um, some aspects of AppSec in the future. And I know, don't say that lightly. Uh, I really believe that. So I figure I'll just kind of talk about it real quick and then um, we can move on with the podcast and I can stop being a shameless plug guy for my own company. Anyway, so dry run security, basically we realize that developers get limited and noisy application security feedback. So we give them an automated security buddy on code changes, pull requests, specifically right now inside of GitHub. We will support plat other platforms in the future. But for right now, we give them uh, an automated security buddy on their pull requests to find risky code changes. So we use more than just a singular data point, which is a scan tool. We use a combination of factors to create what we call context, right? To tell if to tell you if you are introducing a risky code change. It's pretty simple. But then uh, further than that, you know, you need to actually have that stuff triaged on a wider scale. Um, going to a security champion, going to a security team is not really going to, you know, help you scale truly. So we use, um, we, we harness AI and we use some very specific uh, knowledge bases we've curated as well as customer knowledge bases as they see fit to answer questions that developers are asking in an automated fashion without talking to a hum human being. There are escalation paths after that. But in any case, that's kind of what it comes down to is using more than just a 60% accurate pattern matching scanner. Um, I think there's a lot of other interesting data points to use. So anyways, that's enough of my shameless plugging. Um, we do have a contextual security guide out. I have heard you. I do know that some folks are not happy it's behind a wall. Um, do understand also, uh, we are a seed stage startup who is trying to market as much as possible and grow our customer base. So my apologies for the having to enter in some information, uh, but you know, for us, it's a little bit necessary. So I'll put this in, um, I'll put this in the YouTube chat and be my last little plug here. Here's the CSA guide talks a little bit about some of the facts. It's kind of a tease to a degree, but it, it does talk about, not, I wouldn't say it's a tease. It's a, it's the concepts aren't a tease. The, the, maybe it teases out the product a bit, but we use a bunch of different factors to actually, like I said, determine risk. So, um, yeah, I think beyond that, um, I'm cool. done. I think that's the last bit of that. 
No, so, and, I, and do and, expect and, I will be showing this stuff just because I think it's fun and, and interesting. And there's a no, whole other range of things that Seth, sorry, Seth, go ahead. Yeah. No, I, I, I was going to say that feeds in pretty easily or pretty uh, nicely into some of the discussion that we're going to have about stuff we saw at DEF CON. So, yeah, you're going to go ahead and yes. wrap up, though. No, 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 no. Just that you and I, yeah, exactly. No, you and I have been talking a lot about it. And uh, uh, DEF CON was, yeah, it was, it, it, we'll get into it. It's, it's very interesting. I think we have a lot of ideas for how... Every once in a while, foundational technology comes along that allows you to take a bunch of concepts you couldn't weaponize before and turn them into something meaningful. And I think that's where yep. we're at. So, yeah. well, and I did even notice, like recently, like in the in chat, right? Um, one of the things I think it was uh, Eli was asking about different DAS tools, right? Impressions, um, and Eric broke brought up the fact that, right, like the number of false positives and actually somebody could act, could use AIML to solve some of that and, you know, start to actually reduce those false positives, give people like um, actual actionable data. And this has been the discussion point around machine learning and AI specifically um, with the GPTs and the other um the other AIs that have been in the news, right? Like I, I know we're in a hype cycle right now. So everybody's talking about AI. Um, but I think applying that to what we do on a daily basis and using it alongside of an expert, right? Making it an expert system is realistically what is going to change for us, right? Um, I'd love to see it integrated into the results of what Burp Suite is doing, uh, the results of any of the DAS scanners, the SAS scanners that are out there, so that it can point me more quickly at what's important. And this goes to the course specifically. Ken, Ken and I have already started to talk about how we can improve the course and secure code review using uh, ML, right? Um, actually dropping code into MLL and identifying patterns based on what, sorry, I got concred going on too, but based on what oh, patterns. Oh God, don't get me started on that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah. I didn't win the, the COVID lottery down there, but I definitely won the concred lottery. So um, yeah. But I, so I think there's going to be a lot like to your point, as far as like getting context out more quickly from um from the questions that we have about code bases, about scanning, about everything else, um, it's just going to give us, it's going to make us more powerful as we move forward, right? That's that's all that I see. Yeah, it's, I mean, yeah. concrete example would be like, think about think about how the evolution of our, of our course, right? When we first started, we were like, well, you have two options with like, I, I, you know, we talk about like how to, how to find routes, right? So one example in one of the exercises is a, it's an ExpressJS app. And we're like, well, you have really two options, uh, primary options. One is to search for like dot put, dot post, dot get, whatever, dot use. Ah, it's okay. It's not great, but uh, all right, cool. And then the other is to actually ask Express, you know, we, we give in our course, in our materials, we give like a, a way to interrogate Express, ask it some questions about its routes. That's great and everything. Um, then as time went on, we, we were like, well, you know what? Uh, let's let's create some SEMGREP rules. So we started showing people how to create SEMGREP rules to, to do that same thing and speed all that up. And that helps speed it up. And then we're at this other point where it's like, okay, cool. All that, like, that was cool. But like, there's a new iteration of, of ways to do this in a more agnostic way. And I think that's the, the iteration that we're seeing now is like, okay, there's a lot of, like you said, manual work that can like be eliminated um, 
Now, the the thing I do hear people criticize pretty often is like, well, how accurate is it? Um, yeah. And there, that's that's a just taking that question and breaking that down. I mean, that's that's we could go down a, a long conversation just on on that bit alone, and I, I will summarize it by saying um, that is up to you on how accurate it is, uh, and then also. Let me ask you, you all another question. How accurate do you think your scanners are? <laughs> and we'll leave it at that, honestly. <laughs> right? So in any case, that's that's what I'm trying to say is like, and I think that's what we've been trying to say and what we've been talking about is like, there's a lot of like manual steps that we've had to do or we've had maybe some incremental tool improvements and we're like, oh, that was cool. And now there's this whole other thing that's like, man, the more you get into it, the more, and, and let's, dispel some common misconceptions. And I apologize because Stefan was on here talking about AI and I caught, it's like, you know, I was in Mexico, right? So I had like, and what? I was like, you can't, ready. you can't take vacations. That's, that's crappy. <laughs> Come on. I'm literally like in a hotel room looking at the phone, like while the family's getting ready, like trying to follow along <laughs> and the internet's kind of, you know, it's okay, but it's not, you know, it's not perfect. And then getting asked. So I was trying to follow along. I don't know if you covered this, but you know, there's the, the one thing that I will say, it's a big, I just want to cover one big misconception that I always hear from people, which is like, how many data points do you have? How big is your LLM? How, you know, all of that. And it's like, yeah, I don't know if you know, like, that's not all that. It, if you're chaining your a bunch of different things onto an existing LLM, it's not that important to have 185 billion data points. That's not the point. The point is to take some small minimal cons based off of the context, which consists of like prompts, you know, AI, human and system prompts, take that all together, contextualize, contextually compress. So find essentially the vector documents or data that matches, you know, what you're looking for, and then chain that onto an LLM. And that's like the way that you get far more accurate answers. It's not just like hat, like, ah, uh, forget those other LLMs. I'm just going to create my own massive training data set. And not to say that that's not also helpful, of course, but I am saying like, uh, it's it's a common misconception that I saw when we were talking to people at, at DEF CON. Every single person seemed to make that assumption that that was required. And then as I started to dig into folks who were like kind of cynical about AI, I realized like, and this is not cr criticizing any individual, but I did realize like all of them are actually not that, everybody was not that really well-versed in AI at all. In mm -hmm. fact, they, the, the people that were all fairly cynical about what it could do really didn't understand or haven't really used it. And so anyways, that, that was my realization, a couple of epiphanies. What did you, what did you take away? And, and Seth, yes, people are like, I know, I know I, I saw the shirts chat GPT won't save you and all that stuff. So I'd like to hear your, uh, your wise yeah. stage uh my, my my wise should i put on my npr voice Is yeah exactly we'll, we'll be we'll be call, we'll temper call this temper, the excitement. temper the excitement temper the excitement ai is not magical right llms are not magical it's uh, you know it's math let, 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 let's cut it back to that it's math it's math there are problems it's math um but i'm with you right there's a lot of talk again it's the hype cycle that we're in right now there's a lot of talk about what they can do, how useful they actually are. I, I I, mean, honestly, I think one of the best introductions, especially for people in our space, is just to go ignore chat GPT for a little bit and go use Copilot as you're coding, right? If you want to get to know yeah. what an LLM actually does, how it functions, go use Copilot. 
and, uh, and realize what the limitations there are. It's predictive text, right? Like it's predicting what the next tokens, what the next thing is that you're going to be based on everything that it's seen before. So it does a fairly good job at that. Um, it's very useful. It can speed up what you're doing. But with the caveat that you still need an expert to, number one, generate the prompts so that it is what you expect it to be, and number two, to validate what the results are going to be to make it useful, right? Um, and, you know, there's some techniques that you can use to, um, to improve things. Uh, one of the talks that I want to get to from DEF CON specifically goes around that and how they, they went about you know, improving the AI and how useful it was to have it fix itself, that kind of thing. Um, but in general, the, the hype around it, the fear, it's a lot of FUD right now, right? Um, fear, uncertainty, doubt. And we've got the two sides of AI is going to save us all to AI is going to ruin everything. And it, it, that's not the case. It's never been the case when it comes to the technological tools that we utilize. Right. So I, I guess that's yeah. my take, right? Like is, yeah. Uh, it, it's, you know, yeah. It's like, yeah, let's, let's exactly. Let's say, let's tell, let's, let's put it, let's put it in perspective. It, it is like essentially some level of, statistical analysis at very large very large data scale. sets yes. but um you know it's so yeah there's a lot of things that can speed up it's not the end all be all um but it isn't a very interesting it does pr provide some value that uh man i haven't seen anything um like i just haven't seen anything like this in a, in a long time so it's blowing my mind the more i work with it um the farther I get into it, um, I realize because it's so new, there actually aren't, you know, it's kind of funny. You do have a lot of like folks that have been working in neural neural nets and, um, you know, deep machine learning and, and have done all of this work. And uh, I don't want to say, I mean, it's, it's all very relevant for sure. I, I would say, though, that that skill set is actually it's great because you, you know what the underlying, like how it all works, right? Un underneath it all. But to be honest with you, what I am noticing, because I've had to talk to a lot of uh, advisors, you know, around who are AI experts. Um, basically, because it's because because everything's so early and all the tool sets around are so early. And, and if you go and you look at like tutorials and you look at like YouTube videos, you'll get that feeling because what you'll see is a lot of them are surface level, right? They cover sort of like a specific tool chain. Um, it's kind of surface level for a specific um, need. It's mo most of the tutorials are, are fairly basic is what I'm trying to say. And so you might, in my, so there's so many things I could say here, but I would say like out of, um, I don't know, we'll say 30 tutorials, probably a good 25 of those are going to be very, very basic and very similar, just covering a different tool set or a different way of using that tool set. So when you, what I'm trying to say is you have all these folks who spent a bunch of time trying to build what now is easily accessible to everybody. Um, so those people do have that like deep understanding and that's great. But to be honest with you, for the, for everybody else, you're basically a practitioner at this point using the, the technology. You're not the scientist developing it. And so now mm -hmm. what you're seeing is a lot of people who are kind of just still kind of grasp, grasp how to most efficiently use it, which tool sets to use. There are a lot of options out there. That was one thing I, I, I experienced myself because, I mean, I haven't talked too much about it 
publicly, but I've spent the last few months, like really, especially the last couple months, just really digging in on, on this subject. And, uh, it's still early days, man. It's still early, early days. A lot of people are still just trying to figure things out. Um, there's a, there's yeah. a lot of, uh, it's an exciting well, time. Exciting it is. Time. It is. It is. And, and that's one of the things I, I, I wanted to ask you about, right? Like, I know we've talked about it, you and I, and with other people, especially as we're down at uh, DEF CON, but what, what is the path that you recommend that people take to actually learn about it, to actually like utilize it? Okay. There's one thing about, to your point, right? There's one thing about like the deep, deep machine learning, how it actually functions, but we're getting to the point and I feel like we're going to do a disservice to ourselves if we don't understand how to actually use the tech, right? That's yeah. where we're going to get left behind in the next two to five years is if we can't turn and start to utilize machine learning and these models to actually improve our process and improve what it is we do on a daily basis. And this is one of the reasons that we're going to, we're going to iterate on the course, right? Is right. we know that it's going to affect a code review. I know that it is. So we got to figure out exactly where we can apply it so that it can speed that up and it can help us out. But where, where do you suggest that people turn to? Like, where do you, where do you start? Cause I know you've done a lot with LangChain and, Oh, sweet. Yep. That book, right? <laughs> no, just, I happen to have this book right next to me. Um, very thin read, but it's pretty nice for just getting like an, actually Dan Cornell recommended this to me. Uh, Stephen Wolfram's what is chat GPT doing? Wolfram, there's Wolfram something solution, but basically it's, it's, you know, one of the many products that Stephen Wolfram's put out, uh, super well-known data scientist. That's a great place to just understand what's kind of happening behind the scenes. But you mentioned LangChain. There's like some tooling. So, you know, the, the, the good and the bad. If you use a tool, tool set like LangChain, which if you're not familiar with that is, with what, what that is, it's a library. It can be either Node.js or it can be uh, written in Python. It makes it, it's very modular, right? So why is it modular is because if you, you know, it depends on what you want to do, right? Like you might want to, I don't know, split PDFs and chunk those up and embed them into a vector DB. But then you say, okay, well, what kind of vector DB? And that's up to you and that's modular, right? So that's the first example. Actually, even just what you're uploading and chunking and how you're doing it, that's modular. You can use a bunch of different libraries uh, to, to, to for PDFs. I think they offer five different libraries just for parsing PDFs and then for data stores and then for creating embedded models and then for placing those embedded chaining those embedded models. There's whole, all kinds. I mean, there's a crazy amount. There's ways to make things faster. You've got in-memory chain options. There, there's a whole slew of things that something like a, a Lang chain or another type of library might actually provide you. Um, the, that's, the, that's the awesome side of it. The downside is, you know, you may not get as, uh, so it's very quick for development. It's very quick to start getting up to speed. Um, and then if you want to go deeper, though, then that's when you kind of start eliminating some of that. Um, but that's going to be like a longer, harder road. You know, truth be told, maybe the easiest way to think about doing it is using a service like, a, you know, sim similar to to kind of, you know, I was messing around with a few different ones, um, like SaaS providers, I mean. So like, you know, like Baseplate, for instance, that I was showing you, that's a really quick way to do some experimentation, upload some data real quick create some contextual prompts and get, get off to the races and just start playing around. So that's really helpful to get started, but it doesn't really give you any insight into what's going on, really, just how to use that platform. And it kind of gives you some, so then then if you move on to something like some, some library, like I mentioned, 
um, then, okay, cool. You get a little bit more granular understanding, actually a lot more granular understanding of kind of what's going on and how it's all working. And then if you go and you remove that all together, that's obviously the most raw version of, of figuring out um, what's going on um, and how it all works. So those, those, but my step, you know, for me, I mean, it'd probably be like, Hey man, write a script, get going, you know? Yeah. Um, well, and that's, that's but, pretty yeah, typical for what we recommend, first. right? Is yeah, it's one thing to talk about it. It's one thing to, you know, listen to what everybody else is saying, but it's another to actually use it and start to apply those ideas that pop up as you use the technology on your, you know, on your current process, on your current, you know, within your current job. Um, and, and it's going to look different for everyone. I mean, just like everybody uses burp in a slightly different way. Everybody has their own tips and tricks that they use. Um, you're going to start generating your own prompts. You're going to start generating your own unique way of actually interacting with that data. Um, but it's one of the things I like, I'm still early days in it as well, right? Like actually chopping that up and, um, like utilizing it from a more custom approach is one of the things that I'm starting to, to, to get to now, as opposed to, Oh, I'm just asking chat GPT and I'm just asking copilot to like predict some things for me. Uh, there's, there's so much more to explore there um, from a daily basis on what I, what we're currently doing that I'm, it's almost, I understand people's reticence because it's almost overwhelming. Right. Uh, and I, I know you've run into that as well as it's like, where do I start? Right. I know. Um, yeah, it is. Yeah. Well, yeah. I gave you a link. I think that I, that, oh, so I do have, I do have one more helpful link that I think really explains things and break, breaks down. If you want to get started real quickly um, and get a good feel for just how things are working, I believe I did share this with you, Seth, but uh, let me share this yeah. with, the, with everybody else. This is, this has been, I think, the best succinct article for quickly getting up to speed, creating a chat bot using your own, um, using your own data set. So like and a good example, you know, for, for our product, um, again, I'm not trying to pitch, but I will explain like for us, like a, a good example would be, you know, one of the things that we offer folks is like, Hey, if you want, like, let's say your developers want to ask, um, all right, well, you've said that this, this is an anti-pattern for how we write authorization functions. Where do I, where do I find out more information on how we write authorization functions? Well, because you have the customer's data, if they give you the secure coding guide or whatever other materials that they have, you can use their information to answer that question accurately and say, go look here. Also, here's the information from that document that you're probably going to want. Stuff like that. I mean, that's if you if you don't think there's power in that and, and it's very accurate. Again, only if you do things right. It's up to you. It's not like this is magic. It actually does require so, some bits do feel a bit like magic, but it really is up to you on on how how well you fine tune things to get it to be to be accurate. And uh, man, you you can do some pretty cool things. And I I just have a hard time believing there's no value in that or that that's like just some hyped thing. It's like no man, like if you're two people supporting a thousand developers, tell me how that doesn't help you. So, yes. Anyway. Anyways. Yes. All right. Well, and so okay, to so that. Yeah, yeah. To that point, right? Like, okay, I want I want to show one of the useful projects or the useful talks that came out of DEFCON. Um, it was on Sunday afternoon. So it was like, I, I don't know how many people actually attended this. Um, the paper itself, here, I'm just posting directly to the presentation on media.defcon.org. Um, but the name of this talk was, uh, here, I got to go to the top so I can actually see it. 
LLMs at the forefront, pioneering the future of fuzz testing in a rapidly changing world. Basically, and the subtext here is chat GPT, write me fuzz tests for this source code. Um, what the X did in this case, the, um, the researcher is ask chat GPT to generate fuzz fuzzing tests for open source projects, specifically Python projects um, that did not currently have unit tests to, te to actually fuzz test those projects. Um, and he ran through doing tests against, I think, 20 or 40 different projects that were open source, like uh, PyPy libraries being used on a daily basis across the, you know, across the spectrum or across the ecosystem, the Python ecosystem, and his experience in actually generating those. Um, super interesting super applicable use of chat GPT for, you know, creating functions and then running those functions against it to see what would actually spit out. Um, the project itself you can find on GitHub um, using LangFuzz and, you know, the, the different um, modules, what he actually wrote, but the results are there in that, in that presentation. Um, and to anyone that says, again, like there's no use here, there's no real world, like, um, yeah, there's no real world application for LLMs. Uh, this is a, a direct contradiction to that, right? Um, you're seeing it actually find fuzz vulnerabilities in these libraries. This is going to speed up development cycles. It's going to speed up bug finding um, across the infrastructure. And it just makes me excited that, hey, we can take this same idea and apply it on a custom basis, especially with what you're talking about, right? Like you're working with a company, yeah, maybe sensitive code, but we could take the, you know, we could drop all that code into a private um, vector database, apply the same sorts of uh, techniques to it and generate this without publicly releasing that code. It's just going to get better is basically what I'm, I'm saying is we're going to get better at applying those LLMs applying these techniques to projects at large. And that's one of the things that Tree Wizard or X here is actually concentrating on is expanding out from Python to other languages and supporting, you know, supporting a wide multitude of, of, you know, of projects and frameworks there. So, I, I mean, that was one that I like, I got super excited about starting to think about it. And I was looking around and I'm like, I don't know how many people that are actually in this talk recognize, uh, like the, the game changing nature of what's going on here, right? This is stuff I'd all have to right. do by hand before, right? Correct. That's what I yes. that's what I think. I think it's going to empower and take away a lot of the, the manual garbage that we kind of have to think about and allow allow us to really do the the cool creative things that only we are we are capable of, but uh, reduce our time sinks by a lot. And not just our time, but the time of our tools to run. There's a whole, you know, again, there's there's some things like I've, I've said enough, I think, uh, for, for today um, on on what all I'm doing. But, you know, I, I just, I, yeah. Anyways, I, I won't preach, you know, I won't continue preaching this for, for too much. But I will say, like, don't sleep on it. If you are curious um, or if you're cynical and you but you haven't, like, spent a lot of time digging in, dig in. Dig in first and then form your opinion. That, that's all I ask. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. 
And yeah. honestly, by the way, I was I was telling. So I, I noticed Jason Haddix's WebSec GPT is uh, is in here. Which, by the way, it was really cool to to see Jason. He look he looks great. He looks like he's living his best life these days. Um, yeah. But I actually didn't uh, see a link to where sec web is WebSec GPT code out like open source. I'm trying to find it. Um, just because it's mentioned in that um, in that uh, PDF you you uh, provided from from the DefCon talk, yeah, I don't. So I was just trying to. I don't know. I I would imagine it's on his. I'm looking at his Git or his GitHub right now, but I don't know if I've actually seen it in there yet. Right. Yeah. Uh, cool. Well, your AIC sub recon <laughs> GPT. That's <laughs> uh, funny. Jason. Yeah, I said it's like Jason, man. Like, hey, dude, let's talk. So, um, yeah, cool. All right. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and and that was partially like one of the things that was great about DEF CON this year is I feel like we reconnected with a bunch of past guests and other like new, you know, new people. We've got a, a whole slew yeah, of man. people that will, will be coming on the podcast. Um, like Jeevon's coming back on. Haddix is going to come back on. Um I don't even know. I, I know we've got a bunch scheduled, like Aaron's been working through that for us. Um, so yeah. over the course of the next like four months, uh, you know, we've get, we're going to have all sorts of, again, people that we know and love uh, back on the, back on the podcast to talk about what their current work is and what they've been doing. So we yeah. talk about how, how, what, how scary that was in the beginning of the happy hour. <laughs> <laughs> you don't for those who attended and there were a decent there was a decent crowd that showed up there was and like you said that it was awesome to see one uh it was awesome to see a lot of people i mean we had like uh brian who was just on uh from uh yeah. impart security brian joe was with and his crew uh actually the entire impart security crew was over there jivon was there uh justin call and and we'll talk about that in a second because that was pretty funny but justin collins was there evan johnson from run reveal um, whole, I mean, some, some hovers I had worked with, uh, which I, I'm trying to get the, the, trying to get the red team from, uh, from GitHub to, uh, hop on and actually talk about some of the, the fun adventures they've had. Um, definitely heard some interesting stuff, the work they've been doing. Um, anyways, just a, a good, uh, lots of other people. Sorry if I didn't mention you, we did hand out t-shirts and, and stickers and it was, it was a good time. Um, but I will say this, uh, the way it started, dude, do you want to walk people through how it started? Because we showed up an hour before it was set to kick off to make sure everything was good. Yeah. And Justin Collins, they, we were running into right at that same time as we were entering into the bar to like uh, check on it too. So he's with us as this is happening. Yeah. Ken goes up to the bartender and the bartender basically looks at him like he's crazy, right? Like, we've scheduled this through like the event management staff and, and he's like, uh, I don't know what you're talking about. We never do events here. And yeah, well, we can get you a pitcher of beer and there's some, uh, you know, some, some tables over there that you guys could talk at. We're like, no, we no, no. <laughs> a pitcher of we beer. We won't bother like, you down with what we spent, but it wasn't cheap. <laughs> so a pitcher so, of beer. Yeah. Not having it not having it no it ended up working out that you know the event management people finally showed up like a half hour before and they got you know the food and everything like that but dude the yeah the, the bartender Wait, that was just like yeah <laughs> screw you guys leave me alone 
I think they moved us from that one area to the other area, which we didn't realize at the time had the only like ramp for <laughs> yeah. for people that need, you know, I wheelchair mobility. Or yeah, the mobility. Yeah, however you would yeah. say it. Yeah, exactly. So like we and then so we had to keep opening up the rope <laughs> to let them through. <laughs> Shout out to O'Shea's in Las Vegas. Great job, guys. <laughs> really nailed it. Anyways. Um but yeah, hey, uh, it did turn out. Oh, uh, the spread was great. Drinks were strong, too strong, yeah. almost. Um, yeah, it was, it was really great. It was really great to see everybody, though. It was a super, super fun event. Man, was that was that a fun way to start out uh, the the, uh... the DevCon <laughs> week? <laughs> yeah, that was because uh, I had landed maybe hours before that, you know, not even so. Which it was, it was cool. Like, I, so you were there. Could you? Walk me through this because I got so for everybody. Monday is kind of when the the well, unless I'm wrong, Mondays where the festivities kind of all kick off, beginning with Black Hat, and uh, but then like you came in pretty early, so you were there for what like a week or something like because I was I didn't come in until Thursday. Yeah, I, well, I didn't. I came in on Wednesday, um, and um, there were a couple of things that I did that were like uh, you know. Cause that's midst of black hat black hat is like the, the briefings go what Wednesday, Thursday, and then Monday, Tuesday are the trainings, right. Typically for black hat. Um, and then B sides and the other events are running at the same time, as well as things like Diana initiative. And there was squad con this year. And there was just like, there is so much that you can actually go and do depending on who it is that you're dealing with and who you want to actually um, you know interact with. Um, and that, I mean, that's one of the things that's great about, you know, hacker summer camp or whatever you want to call it. Um, but on the flip side, that's one of the reasons why it's so overwhelming, right? From a, from a black hat perspective, you know, black hat, super expensive. Let's be honest. It's a corporate yeah. event. It is, um, it's definitely more business focused and, um, yeah, but a lot of the research is the same, right? The briefings at black hat, uh, those um, those researchers will present at both Black Hat and DefCon a lot of times. They're you know definitely sister conferences when it comes down to that. The other ones that run like B sides and Diana Initiative are more of a um, you know alternative to what's going on at Black Hat and DefCon and even SquadCon. Right? They're they're run by um, people that want to give other groups uh, an avenue to speak. Um, maybe you know. Black Hat's not your thing. Defcon is great, or oh, Defcon is great. Sorry, uh, B sides is great for. Hey, maybe it's not. You don't want to be as corporate, but you still want to see and, and chill, hear some good talks, and you know see some other things. Um, but it can be overwhelming, like I was saying. Uh, you've got to have some way to actually navigate that. Um, I, I mean, I wasn't intending to, but I, that's where I'd plug Hacker Tracker, whatever we're going to call it. Um, we're going to change the name at some point in the near future. Um, but the scheduling app that we do for DEF CON that allows you to actually search for and, you know, flag items and kind of plan out your schedule and your days. Cause we did have B sides in there this year. We did have Diana initiative. We did have DEF CON. You could kind of track across everything as it as, as far as what you're interested in. So, yeah, I, I mean, yeah. It, there's just a lot going on, right? It's, it's overwhelming on top of the fact that it's in Vegas, right? Um, and I know some of the people that are there for the first time, right? Um, yeah, yeah, that's 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 always the big 
the big discussion point um, is, holy crap, right? DEFCON in and of itself is basically eight to 10 security conferences all running at the same time, right? Uh, so you've got AppSec Village, or you've got like application security content across the board. You've got InfoSec content everywhere. You've got the main talks that are all pretty deep research, but then you've got Recon Village, Red Team, AppSec Village, and all of those are running their own track schedule and talk schedule as well. I don't think you're going to find that anywhere else in the world, that there's that much going on, that much content, that much research being presented at, you know, all at the same time. Um, and with that comes, what, 30,000 plus people that are all like mixing on top of your regular uh, Las Vegas crowd. And yeah, it's just a recipe for, uh, well, it's an introvert's nightmare, basically, right? <laughs> at some level. Yeah. I mean, if your hotel room's right there, you can just sneak back to your room if you get overwhelmed. I've done that yeah. many, many a times. I, I still have to like duck out sometimes just to get a little overwhelming, especially with that many people in that small. And like Vegas is already, can we just say Vegas is already like, and you mentioned introverted. Um, if you're introverted, uh, if you just really don't enjoy like a ton of noises and all that, it's like, oh man, <laughs> like nothing, like sight sounds harsh harsh smells, you know, all that stuff. It's, it's a bit much, right? So then uh, then you factor in packing. And you told me it was something like 30,000 attendees or something like that. Yeah. It's nuts. I, I, and it's all kind of spread out. But you yeah. know what does help? These guys and gals, folks, people made this app. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's called Hacker Tracker. Have you heard of it? It's, Hacker, hey, it's yeah, pretty yeah. good. Uh -huh, it's uh -huh. pretty good. I used it. I used it. It was all right. It was all right. <laughs> Looks all right. Yeah. I got I got some I got some qualms. I got some things I got to talk to these people about. But mm -hmm. overall, it's an <laughs> overall. acceptable app. Acceptable. <laughs> it can help out. Right? That was the whole point of it. <laughs> no, actually, it was super helpful too because I was trying to meet Jivon, and uh, yeah, those maps are killer, man. That really actually helped a lot. Uh, yeah. So kudos, kudos. Actually, do you want to walk people through what it's like the week of with Hacker Tracker? Like, uh, what do you, what do you what's the? Because I always find it, you know, I actually. You kind of um, don't realize, but I always ask you about it because I actually find it really interesting. Maybe others will like what, because um, you have your initial sort of like, you know, you put it all together, get all the stuff, the information in there for the conference. But then like, obviously there's things that need to be like bugs that crop up and things that people, you know, yeah. report or uh, I'm sure other things too. So like, yeah, what's it look like week of and, and yeah. week before? Yeah. I mean, the week before, the couple weeks before our Dude, it's it's a shit show, right? Like it's, um, not it. Well, okay, he's so, got it all under control, is what he means by that. Yeah. Now that there's a team of us, right? And kudos to a null value and advice, um, and uh, derail like the other guys that help out with it, because at this point, I you know we're running basically the main we're the main content stream for DefCon. So for info.defcon.org and the apps, the iOS and Android app. Um, we've got Drew, who's leading the team, who's kind of the point um, of contact for all the scheduling stuff. There's a back-end management system that we've written to actually allow us to update things and push them out. Um, and, uh, you know, day of con is always like Thursday this year. I think I pushed out four or five different versions of the iOS app fixing different little just bugs that were bothering me, right? That, that's what it has to raise to for me to actually push things out is like, 
oh crap, like this doesn't work like I want it to work for this next three days. So I'm going to actually go in and fix it. Um, there are still a few things. There's always things that I wish that I could have gotten to. It's like any development effort, right? Um, but week of the conference, like we meet down there on Wednesday uh, to make sure that like we've got the schedule settled, that the apps are at least ready to go, that there's nothing crazy that's there, that we've got contacts on each of the with each of the villages with DEFCON proper as well. Um, and then um, launching it to just like monitoring what's going on with all the different researchers with the different talks with the different events having people notify us let us know what's going you know what what's changed so we can reflect that accurately in the apps is always a crazy thing um and then this year as well right like with the whole uh you know bomb threat at caesar's forum on friday night where people were clearing out so we're trying to notify people about that um you and i were down at fremont street as all that yeah. was going down like, so what the hell yeah i forgot about that Man. so i was texting with uh drew or with the null value and those guys as we're trying to like he's got the main like stream with the defcon folks and he's handling that but we're still trying to push all that out to make sure that people know what's going on what they can expect um and it's just a it, like it's there's so many moving pieces as I guess what people don't realize. It's not like we have a set schedule and everyone gives us everything, you know, a month in advance so we can actually plan it out and make sure it's all like in the app. Like we're getting feeds from villages the day before things go live in formats that, you know, it, we're, we've gotten better over time, but in formats like they'll drop us a PDF that we, you know, we have to hand like, rip data out of to actually import into the event manager right and like even after we've yeah. told them for years and years just give us a csv give us something that we can actually like parse programmatically and here's a json format here's like everything else um and then on top of that this year i don't know if people did you know realize this uh for the merch line at defcon the qr codes and the in-app process for actually building a pick list to help speed up the merch line at DEF CON was a huge um, upgrade as far as uh, like the app itself, right? Like we've never tried to have merch in there previously um, and then coordinating with the merch staff and the, you know, QR scan, QR code scanning, building that out behind the scenes. Um, it was just a, there's a lot of effort that goes into it. Um, I mean, but that you could say that for DEFCON at, at large, right? There's just so much effort. And we're, we're constantly, constantly looking to improve things. So if you did use the app, there was something that bothered you that you want to up, upgrade on, ping me, right? Like, or hit, click contact us and send us an email in the app and we'll get at it, right? Like, we'll, we'll fix it for next year. So I don't know if that answered any of your questions, but yeah. Heck yeah, it did, man. That's, I find all that to be like pretty interesting just because, you know, there's a lot, it's a lot of, it's a volunteer effort, right? So, I mean, mm -hmm. you're, you know, you, you're putting in a lot of time and effort, even if you get like, I, I don't know, like, even if you're, I don't know, get some kind of goon status or whatever it might be from, from it. It's, it's, dude, it's not, it's not, not, actually, I don't even know how that, that's not like, that's volunteer. That's volunteer work. You're not getting, you know, some huge benefit oh, out no. of it. You, I'm saying you, but I mean really that the folks that are working, cause I know it's not, it's bigger than just you um, yeah. at this point. Um, you pulled in quite a bunch of folks so so hey speaking of the conflict by the way what the, the hell that... man like i am just now okay today like i came back 
I mean, I think you you flew back the next. So I, I arrived because I had a, you know you you you're a forty five minute flight away. I'm I'm five hours so and I've yeah. got a three hour time zone jump ahead. So for me, it was like getting in on Wednesday morning. But really, I left Tuesday night. You left Wednesday, got home probably not too lo- much farther in the day than I did on Wednesday. So then by like. And I remember you saying you weren't you weren't feeling great. And I remember some people on our Slack saying they weren't feeling feeling great. And I was like, oh man, that stinks, you know, whatever. Didn't think anything of, of it. By Thursday and Friday, man, I was not feeling mentally like myself at all. I was feeling really like just bad. And then f- by Friday, by Friday night, feeling physically bad. And then by Saturday, just wrecked, man. Like bad stomach flu, bad. I was like drenched in sweat trying to like lay down and recuperate um, just from chills and stuff like that. Took COVID at home. COVID test was fine uh, in, in, in the sense of COVID. Um, but it was just, I mean, it wasn't until really today that I'm like feeling any better. I don't know about how long did you, that was rough. Like doing this, yeah. do, by the way, doing this thing where we hang out and get three hours of sleep every night at 40 plus years old. Uh, that is not the same world as 20 years ago. It's like not the same. It, my God, is it horrible? Dude, yeah, we, the physical we, ramifications we, are real. We don't do that as much anymore, right? Like it, it's oh. now, uh, yeah, I, I, I have a tendency to, you know, we'll, we'll call it a little earlier and I wake up a little bit later and yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I mean, my experience, I like I was feeling it, whatever, like the last day of, us teaching right like i just was dragging after being in in vegas for a week and thought maybe i you know but i got home and tested no covid but i i've been just like yeah niggling along right as far as like i definitely had like have some sort of you know virus slash conflu whatever going on and it's getting better but it still is i I mean we joke about it every single year but it happens every single time right you know you have 30,000 people coming from all over the world in a confined space. And that's where it, you know, that that's what happens. Right? Yeah. We, we, we share, uh, we share germs. That's uh, yeah. Yeah. And I haven't really avoided like for me, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not like a, a, a high risk for anything else. Right. And I'm not just talking about COVID or anything. I just mean in general, like if you get, if I get sick, you get sick. We're not like high risk or anything like that for anything. So mm-hmm. I don't tend to shy away from shaking people's hands, you know, having yeah. like, but you know, there is of course like, yeah. right, exactly. I'd never have, don't plan on it. Maybe if I was ever at high risk, I would, but um, I don't. So that, that, that there's an elevated risk when you haven't been con hopping as, as frequently as a few years ago. By the way, I do. I, that was funny, by the way, when O'Shea's was like, oh, yeah, it, well, you know, pandemic, we haven't really done many of these uh, events. I was like, or no, he said they hadn't done any of these because it's the, the, the because of the pandemic. They hadn't done any events, just period. Yeah, I was like, surely that's not true. OK, <laughs> sure. Anyways. All right. I'm like, I'm, gonna, I'm done bagging on them, I think. I think we'll see. Uh, shout out to O'Shea's. Great job. Shout out. Great job. Great job. Uh, we, we might pick a different place next time. Yeah. We might pick a different place. Um, so, yeah, no, it was it, like physically, that is a tough thing to do. I definitely, um, uh, you know, I, I think like some, by, by the, by the nights that we train though, I think that's when we finally 
you know, you have to get sleep because like I, we, neither of us can train people and, and not sleep. So at least we had those couple of nights of, of rest. Yeah. And the, the, the class, the one thing I will say about DEF CON um, versus most of the other, the, the places that we've given training is that DEF CON's unique in, I think, our attendees, right? Because we get people from all over. We, we get mm-hmm. from, it's not like pen testers or just, just this or just that. It's actually, actually for it being DEF CON, I'm looking at, I'm thinking about the math and Matt, and I think maybe there was like uh, a third of the class that was, were developers actually, which yeah. was really surprising. And then we had, we did have some pen testers. We had some code reviewers. We had some generalist security people. And I like that because I, I think it's really cool to, to see people that don't have that traditional or haven't even dabbled in it really um, get up to speed very quickly. So that was really fun and it's one of the unique things i like about training at defcon whereas you know most of the time it's 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 um you have people that have at least some experience in code review usually um definitely in coding um and yeah it's just it's cool it's just a nice change of base i guess yep yep no it was really good right from uh and i'm thinking back to some of the results that those guys had too right um you know the the different projects that they pulled about apart during the the final days exercise and the group you know stages that they did, um, and you know I, we we always say this right like the the course is about learning the process not necessarily about finding vulnerabilities. Um, so yeah, if anything pops out of it, that's great. But uh, most likely, like what we want to see is people struggle. Um, we're a little sadistic that way, right? Like is, you know, Hey, you've got to actually figure this out. And if you haven't seen, uh, uh, this type of code before, it's probably even better for learning a process. Um, but some of the notes that popped out of that and some of the, you know, the learning that went on was, uh, it was pretty impressive. This time. Very impressive. It's always, it's always a good group. Um, yeah. 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 Very impressive. It's cool. It was fun. I, 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 you know, I'll say it again. It's cool. It's cool when you see folks who don't have that skill set walk away with that skill set after two days. It's like cool. And yeah, it's you know, obviously you, you've got a lot of a lot a lot of work repetition ahead of you to to you know to use that uh, methodology, but and refine it and make it your own and and all of that. But it's a starting point, and it's really cool to see. So yeah. I had fun. I, th- I look forward to the next one. I, it sounds like we're doing it, doing another one uh, next month. So that'll be that'll be cool. So we've got um, two AppSec. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. No, go ahead. Yeah. In terms of AppSec, what were you going to say? No, any big big AppSec news to, to really cover? I mean, I know there's been a lot going on, so much that I'm actually having a hard time keeping up with everything between catch up for work and, and everything like that. So I wasn't sure, you know, is there anything that uh, is of huge interest uh, that you wanted to chat about today before we hop offline in terms of AppSec news? Yeah. I, I mean, go read... Uh... Uh, James, or go watch James Kettle's talk on the web race condition stuff. Um, it's new. Uh, this, you know, is smashing the state machine. Like his his uh, presentation at DefCon and a black hat that was is pretty interesting. Um, I will want to have a wider discussion on it because I, you know, what I'm finding is the more that we do deep level research into some of these topics, the almost less applicable it is across, like you know. From a from a consulting perspective, when I'm dealing with a single organization, right? 
um, James and Jason Haddix and a lot of those guys that are doing like bug bounty stuff and wider research um, looking for, uh, you know, kind of the needle on the haystack stuff. They have a tendency to find it and it's great. Um, very interesting. Uh, like I, I'm, I'm not going to bag on the research at all because it's very technically well done. It, you know, it's finding some stuff that definitely needs to be taken care of and needs to be addressed. But when I'm dealing with a single entity from a consulting perspective, um, it's a lot harder to apply. And I'm getting a lot of false positives out of that research and out of those different tools that are popping out of the wider research community. Um, and I, I want to have a wider discussion on that as we move forward, but it, you know, um, the, the techniques and the, the research itself is top notch, right? Um, really interesting stuff, as you would expect coming from James Kettle, coming from the yeah. with your team over there, right? It's always good stuff. Um, and it, you know, it works as, ex as expected. Uh, but the other interesting thing is like, you know, we've talked about race conditions before. I know you and I have done, um, have exploited race conditions within, you know, certain aspects and looking at code bases. And um, so it'll be interesting to see how we actually apply that one. Um, outside of that, uh, like I did want to call out to Jason Haddix, like he spoke multiple times, updates. He's got some new tools that are out. Um, we'll dive deeper into that when we have him on the podcast, or maybe I'll put a list together. Um, we should probably even just do a blog post on, Hey, here were the interesting things that we saw at DEF CON, uh, the new tools that got released. Cause you know, in two minutes, we're not going to get through it all. Um, but there was I, even just walking into the AppSec village, um, was it check marks that was running? They had like a secure code review or a secure code spot, the bug uh, table that they had set up where they had like different cards with code snippets on it. And you'd go over and you have to identify, oh, there's this vulnerability or this vulnerability in that card, right? Like, or in that code. Uh, it was super interesting to see. We are definitely getting away from just the dynamic on, you know, inside the AppSec Village. It was super cool, um, which makes me want to do like a secure code workshop there during DEF CON as well. Um, oh, yeah. You know, actually, I wanted to go over to the AppSec Village and do more. I actually tried to go to the AppSec Village, but I didn't have... Apparently, my DEF CON trainer badge is not the same thing it as a DEF CON badge. Def Con so badge. I was denied yes. access by a goon. But uh, yeah, I would love to do that, man. I'd love to spend some time with I actually wanted to get a, well, not one flipper. I actually wanted to get like four flippers, by the way. And I think I was telling you I couldn't. Well, I came too late to get them too. So uh, yeah. Yeah. But anyways, it's not for just me. It's for the, the team. But uh, anyway, yeah. sure, I need it sure. next year. Make sure what what are you doing to your neighbors? Come on, be honest. What are you doing to your neighbors my... with those flippers? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to my neighbors. <laughs> Direct neighbors. No, I'm joking. <laughs> no, no. Um, yeah, but we'll no, summarize. But yeah, like they're, uh, yeah. yeah, we can summarize stuff uh, a, a bit more for sure. Yeah, it's good to see Jason. Um, Jason's been very active. It's it's been it's been awesome. To, I mean, he always is, but it's been putting out a lot of good stuff uh, lately. So yeah, yep, yep. Yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot going on, right? Like, and then that again. This uh, yeah, the the cross between AppSec and the ML, like the ChatGPT stuff. Um, we're gonna we're gonna get more and more into that, um, and we'll be we'll be talking more about it i'm sure right like it's it's top of mind for us because we're starting to integrate it into our cycles so 
And if you are as well, join, make sure you're in the Slack channel, start posting what your experience is. Um, cause we're all going to learn this together, right? Like, um, it's, you know, uh, yeah, we'll help each yeah, other sure. out through it. So, yep. Oh, and, um, yeah, I saw Larry had mentioned, you know, sort of like the, uh, wasn't able to make it and to, to Vegas for, for the happy hour and all that stuff. And, uh, so we're going to be, well, we're going to be trying to do more of these happy hours when there's like pretty decent sizable events and we're both at them. Um, whether that's through our company sponsoring them or whether it's through taking sponsorship from others. We've been, obviously people who are paying attention have probably noticed we've been very hesitant. Like, I don't know if anybody knows this, but we haven't actually, besides Seth and I, we have not agreed to take any sponsorship yet. That's just, just we haven't done it yet. Um, we've been very careful about the way we're kind of approaching this. One of the things we don't want to turn this podcast into is some commercialized sort of thing. Um, so, you know, we're being pretty, uh, picky there, but we'll have a, we'll have soon, um, a paved, sort of a paved road to go down to actually do this. And, and maybe happy hours will be a part of that. Maybe, uh, yeah. you can help out in a different way, but either way, expect, um, those two things, more of these events, getting together, uh, getting the community together and, um, and, uh, a, a road to, to do sponsorship, uh, if you so choose. So again, yeah. we just have to be very picky. You know, it's one of those things that we, we, we wrestled for a long time on whether to not whether to even take sponsorship um, money, it's just, you know, we like to, we like to be honest and just say what we really think. So uh, it, yep. yeah, it, that we don't want to change that ever. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll, we'll, we, you know, yeah, we'd be happy to evaluate your product, but we are going to still be honest about what we think about it. Right. So, which yeah, is what it is. Right? True facts, true facts, true facts, true facts <laughs> on absolute absent. Sweet, man. All right. Well, we've been going for an hour. We'll uh, um, go ahead and close things out for today. Um, anything else you want to talk about before we we wrap it up? Um, no, just, uh, you know, take care of your bodies, uh, recuperate, vitamin C, hydrate, get plenty of rest. Uh, I don't know. I'm sure there, there, there's, there's going to be some, some more interesting stuff coming out this month, security-wise. So now that the uh, Black Hat FCON's over, what about you? Anything else you want to mention to folks before we hop off here? Uh, not necessarily. Outside of you know, join the pot or join the Slack channel. Um, let us know if anything else pops up, and yeah, otherwise plan on seeing us at you know Ty- Texas Cyber Summit, uh, and we'll see about putting something together there. If you are in Austin, um, if you do want, I, we still have a few of the, the old style t-shirts. Oh, here's the new style, right? Like that's what I'm wearing today is that. Oh, yeah. yeah. The new with the new logo. Um, but we have the old style t-shirts uh, vintage, I guess we should call them. If you would like them ping me or Ken on Slack or send us a DM and we'll get your meet space address and send you one. Right. Uh, they're gorgeous they're gorgeous the new ones haven't been printed yet but i think we'll do different colors as well not just black yeah sweet yeah um cool sounds good man okay all right thanks everybody for joining and we'll catch you all online see everybody next week